0: Prepare yourself for the clash of punk rock, politics, and your uncensored, unafraid host, Remso W. Martinez. You are about to experience the Remso Republic.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Remso Republic. I'm your host, Remso W. Martinez. Today, I've got an awesome special guest for you. He's an independent candidate running for U.S. Senate in Ohio. He's a truck driver, a Christian, a constitutionalist. A husband and a father, I'd like to welcome to the show Scott Rupert Scott, how's it going?
0: going good Rim, so how are you?
1: Oh, you know, just another day working for the man all that <laughs> jazz so the last so the last time I actually saw you, we were in Ohio. We were in Cincinnati for free pack um, for just the listenership at home. the first time I met Scott, we were inside this giant convention hall. Freedomworks was hosting an event. And I was part of this VIP group there of kids. They were trying to get involved in the political process and stuff. As I'm trying to find a group of my friends, Scott grabs me by the arm. I turn around and he, Scott is a burly guy. You're, I mean, you, you're, you're, you're a pretty, you're a pretty muscular guy, Scott. So when you grabbed me, I I looked behind me and I saw you. I'm like, oh crap, is this guy going to like mug me in the middle of this whole thing? No. Instead, he gave me a business card, told me he was running for Senate. And I was like, wow, this guy, he's not wearing a suit. The entire day, all I had seen are Rob Portman volunteers, all spit polished and, you know, in their campaign Republican swagger. And then I see you there, and I'm like, wow, this is an actual person. You're running for office.
0: Yeah, another uh, uh, something to note is if you, when you came out at the end of the event, you still saw me and my volunteers, Rob Portman and Rob Portman. Rob Portman wasn't there. Rob Portman's volunteers left uh, when the uh, time at the beginning to actually shake hands and talk to people was over. They were gone. Their table was empty uh, when the event started. Ours was still there when the event was over, and we were still shaking hands and and, uh, handing out uh, materials as people went out the door.
1: Yeah, I mean, is that usually the type of reception you get when you're in the same area as the Portman Volunteers?
0: Actually, the, the Portman Volunteers all came over and, uh, and shook hands with me. And uh, um, actually, they seemed to be glad I was there. One one gentleman came over and shook my hand, and he said, you need to understand I'm doing what I have to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've got to <a> vote for <laughs> well, the lesser we'll, of two evils, we'll man.
0: To, yeah, we'll allow him to remain unnamed. <laughs>
1: So Scott, for those of those listening who don't know you, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Well, I've, I've, there's nothing spectacular to tell. I'm just an ordinary, average American truck driver who decided back in 2008 that I was tired of listening to both parties tell us who not to vote for, and it occurred to me that that an awful lot of the dissension among the electorate, uh, the 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 um, the grief between the voters was created by the parties, and and if we actually take the time to listen to each other, we agree on a lot more than we disagree on. And it occurred to me that that in fact the Constitution doesn't give federal government the authority to address the things that we disagree on, and it was really kind of important that we the people come together and and get control of our government again while we still have the freedom to do so. So I started by reading the Constitution and I thought, well this really pretty much makes it easy. The it's our job to protect the Constitution. Thomas Sowell said the Constitution can't protect itself. It's it's our job to do that and I'm trying to inspire ordinary average people like myself to get involved and become a part of the process and not just by voting there's really really nothing special to say about me i'm just an ordinary guy going about my my 60 to 70 hour week and campaigning in my spare time
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that's that actually is what makes you special scott i mean i've i've been around enough campaigns and candidates to out the guys that say they're like a rag to riches story and the guys that are just there and they're slumming it with the normal people. But I think in the past, when we've spoken on the phone, you've literally been on the road. I think the last time I spoke to you, you were actually driving for a job. I mean, you were, yeah,
0: I'm actually on the road now. I just, I stopped to, to do this interview. Um, <laughs> I, I, I delivered in, uh, Chicago, uh, around midnight last night, uh, reloaded out of uh, Elwood, Illinois, this afternoon, and I'm on my way back to Columbus, Ohio now with a with a load of Hyundais and Kias, uh, going back to a couple of dealers in the Columbus area. I took a load of Hondas over to Chicago, and uh, have, as soon as the interview's over, I'll be back on the road again.
1: Rock and roll, man, rock and roll. So, you're still working full-time during this campaign, I know what Rob Portman's doing full time. He's probably campaigning. Am I right?
0: Oh, that would be my guess. I it, I would say that there is certainly an advantage to essentially getting paid to campaign. I mean, I understand that that isn't really how it works, but they're still getting paid to do their job, even though they're not doing it. They're the, the most of the um, of the people who occupy the seats in Washington are out campaigning, and they're still collecting the paycheck There's, they're campaigning on our dime I'm exactly. uh, I drive a truck that requires 60 to 70 hours a week to, to do what I need to do and uh, to, just to make a living and uh, I get my laptop out and campaign the way I can uh, I'm in a, another week or so I'll be putting uh, a GoPro on my dash and uh, starting a campaign here in the truck just uh, talking to people answering questions doing some live stream stuff and um, uh, just trying to reach out that way, I I think that uh, most people can appreciate what it is that I'm doing. And once once people begin to understand that they have to play a role in this, that that I can't work sixty hours a week and still campaign and be as effective as the as the people who are being paid to campaign can be. So it's going to require the rank and file voters to get out. And help me get the message out and, and that's exactly. not hard it's with social media and all the other ways that there are to get a message out it's, uh, it's not very difficult for anyone to just decide they want to help and uh, start getting some keys on their laptops it's yeah,
1: their you're, fault. You're, you're absolutely correct technology has made campaigning so drastically different than even how it was you know 10-15 years ago I mean the first real social media campaign was led by Team Obama in 2008 in the last three campaigns I worked on, you know, one of them, because our candidate was sick quite often, it, we primarily existed online. And then the last campaign I was campaign manager for, it, you know, it was a city council race. So we didn't need to depend on it as much because you're caucusing with your neighbors and everything. But you're in a, I mean, the fact that you still work 60, 70 hours a week, you're going all across the state and the country, and you're an independent candidate. I mean, you're working outside the two major parties. What are some of the pros and cons of doing that?
0: Well, the it is it's hard to get people to accept that it's something that can be done. I, most people agree it's something that must be done. They just don't think it's possible, and and to get the people that who are actually familiar with campaigning to get involved for an independent candidate is is, is very difficult, they be, mostly because they understand what, what it is that I'm up against, I, which I suppose the truth is that I actually don't. I mean, I've learned what I did. I, I did this in 2012, uh, and we learned a lot in that process, got almost 5% of the vote statewide on uh, under $6,000. Wow. And we... Learned a lot about the process. We learned how to how to uh, overcome some of the obstacles that the parties have put in place. And what are some of those we obstacles? Are, we well the um, well it turns out actually some of them can't be overcome. the uh, The process for getting on the ballot as an independent candidate it takes five thousand signatures to get on the ballot as an independent, one thousand as a Republican or a Democrat. The that's I won't call that unfair because I don't have to participate in a primary. The, uh, I actually think that's a kind of a, a part of the way the, the major parties have rigged the game to make us think that we have something to say about the outcome by telling us we can participate in a primary, if we want to replace the, if we want to replace the establishment candidate, we can compete in a primary. Where it's a smaller group that we have to convince to cast a vote, but by and large, the parties, the parties decide who's going to win the primary. The uh, but the uh, the process of getting on the ballot, uh, we submitted our petitions in 2012. We submitted our petitions on the deadline, um, and two months later, a little more than two months later, the. Uh, Secretary of State's office certified me to the ballot. Well, they didn't update their website to reflect that there was a candidate besides the Republican and the Democrat until the end of September. So none of the organizations that that offer questionnaires, that offer surveys to candidates, or that give any kind of voter information knew that there was someone else out there to, to uh, send those questions to. Um, so, we found the ones that we could on our own, but we didn't know that we were going to have to do that until we were pretty far into it. Now, we've already contacted groups like Boat uh, Smart and uh, some of the others, Muckeye uh, Firearms and uh, um, the NRA to uh, see if <laughs> those may be a little more difficult, but to at least be included in their, in their surveys.
1: So were these obstacles something that you kind of saw coming? I mean, were you willing to deal with this or was it, I'm going to run as an independent and I'll just, you know, take the
0: punches as I go? Well, in 2012, it was that exactly. It it was, this was running as an independent is the only way that I see that we can actually solve the problem of the division that the parties have created. We were in 2013, the the folks in Washington did a very good job of redefining the fiscal cliff as the debt ceiling, and then raised the debt ceiling and said, "Voila, we've we've uh, conquered the fiscal cliff." Well, well, the fiscal cliff is still out there. It, there's there's going to come a time when things are just going to fall apart here in in the U.S. if. I think we may not be able to do anything about it at this point, but if something doesn't change, we're eventually our economy is going to collapse. And when that happens, it's going to be important that we have some leaders in place who can speak to everyone uh, with without regard for party. And as long as as long as our only choices are represented by the R and the D, or for for that matter, even even a libertarian, which still be a better choice, I think. Um, only a portion of the people are going to listen. And I think it's important that we, that we make a way for some leaders that everyone can listen to, to emerge. And I'm not saying that I am that leader. I'm just trying to open the door so that uh, so that, that leader or those leaders can emerge. This is running as an independent is the only way I see to address that problem. And in 2000, and actually started in 2009, I started building the campaign for 2010. In 2010, I didn't even succeed in getting on the ballot. And what I learned from that process is it's a lot harder to uh, get volunteers motivated to collect signatures than than it appears. A number of people said they would, but few actually did.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the really weird thing about just you know third party politics in general, and I typically throw independent candidates into that category. Um, a lot of people over the, you know all over the media, because I think they flirted with the idea at one point. You know, this is supposed to be the election of the outsiders, but it's actually really hilarious because we're seeing anybody but outsiders take the outsider mantle we have Trump who's literally funded the establishment on both ends of the aisles for almost two decades now
0: thank you for recognizing that
1: yeah I mean (laughs) even Bernie Sanders I hate it when he says I'm the outsider candidate I'm sorry he's caucused with the Democrats on almost everything
0: I mean and and while it is true while it is true that he did win as an independent he did so by first winning the Democrat primary the, so his, his victory as an independent was really a victory as a Democrat he, he does have the I next to his name which I have, I have no interest in creating a party called independent but uh, truth be told uh, Bernie Sanders won as a Democrat before he won as an independent uh, to the best of my knowledge I'll be the first to actually win as an independent uh, just straight out of the gate Yeah, and I, mean, I do believe he can win
1: yeah, I, I think this is an election where we're going to see some pretty crazy outcomes. I mean, we, um, you know, the Libertarian Party just had their national convention recently. Governor Johnson and Governor Bill Weld are a ticket, and they're the first legitimate Libertarian Party ticket I think we've ever had. And we're seeing a lot of other people outside of the two major parties pop up around the country. So these are pretty interesting times.
0: And I, I love the irony of. I love the irony that the establishment Republicans are calling for a third-party candidate.
1: You know what? That is – that's (laughs) – thats I've got some things to say about that. But Scott, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to the Remso Republic. I'm your host, Remso W. Martinez, of our special guest, independent candidate for Ohio, Scott Rupert. Has an opinion but not everybody can stand on what they say sometimes what we need is a record we need people who have a history people who've been in the trenches and people that know what they're saying if there's one side i can rely on it's the liberty conservative the liberty conservative host writers from all over the liberty movement from activists to candidates to a radio hosts to pundits. Whether you call yourself a constitutional conservative, a classical liberal, a libertarian, or whatever, what matters is this. If you want liberty, uncensored freedom, 24-7, 365 days a year, you're not going to get it from any better source than the Liberty conservative. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from our commercial break. Scott, are you still there? Yes, sir. All right, perfect. So right before the commercial came on, you brought up the fact that it's really funny that now it's the establishment GOP coming in pleading for somebody to run against Donald Trump in the battle. Right Ap-
0: after after cautioning us for so many years that that a third party candidate is just going to is just going to keep the conservative from winning, and now. Uh, now they're they're out there trying to trying to convince someone to run as a third party candidate my my message uh, that that split the vote message i've always i've always uh, argued that if anyone listens anyone listens to what i have to say they hear me and they believe that i am the right candidate for the job and they and they choose any other, it's not me that split the vote. It's the other candidates that split the vote.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the really funny thing, especially when they're like, we have to protect the conservative. When was the last time, apart from a handful of occasions, that the GOP has really pushed for hardline conservative candidates, at least Republicans that respected the Constitution? Now, I know that you're a really nice guy, Scott. You don't want to talk bad about Rob Portman, but I'm more than willing to badmouth Rob Portman because of his terrible record. This is the guy that voted for Loretta Lynch. This is the guy that voted for every type of raising of the debt ceiling we've had. This is the guy that voted for the Patriot Act. Basically, every progressive policy that the Democrats have been able to push through, Rob Portman was there for more than half of it.
0: As were a great deal of other Republicans. That's kind of of the point that— we we are not going to get a conservative government of by and for the people by way of the Republican Party or any other party for that matter. It's that it's why I do this. Uh, government of by and for the people requires the participation of the people, and and right now we're not participating. All we're doing is voting and complaining. And uh, if and I don't care if some somebody decided they wanted. Some ordinary truck driver like me got involved and said, "Well, I really want to. Uh, I, th- I think that running as a Republican candidate would be the way to go. I don't think it is. I don't think it would solve the problem. But, but at least get involved and, and try to be a part of the of the process. The, and and really, uh, the reason that I don't talk negatively about uh, either of the other candidates is is because that's not what my campaign is about. It's it's not about the issues, it's about politics. The, the, the video that's on my website from 2012, that's one of the last things I say. The issues aren't the issue, politics are the issue. If we address the problem of politics, the issues will work themselves out. Because once we get the Constitution into its proper place as the law that governs government, a lot of these other things will, will have to go back to the state and local level. And federal government will be able to do the things that it's that it's constitutionally authorized to do much more cheaply, much more easily, and with um, uh, uh, a lot less inertia. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean that's, I, I agree with you a hundred and ten percent, Scott. I mean, from everything I've seen the past couple of months, you're running an extremely positive campaign. But maybe it's because I'm a little pessimistic. In terms of my political experience, I'm a little bit gray behind the ears, but, you know, if we've seen anything in this election, it's that personality does trump policy, no pun intended. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, the, if, as we close in on Election Day, and we're already seeing plenty of uh, television ads from both... Uh, both uh, Strickland camps and the Portman camp telling us what's wrong with the other guy and that's what they do it's,
1: Have they actually started attacking you specifically?
0: No, no, not me. They, they, they won't attack me I doubt very seriously that either of them will ever acknowledge that I exist <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be foolish of them to do so <laughs> If someone were to hear Ted Strickland say wait a minute, there's another candidate?
1: Thank or, God!
0: Uh, <laughs> in, in 2012 I was I was out, I was at all three of the televised debates. I didn't get to participate in any of them, but I was outside with the volunteers uh, handing out materials to people as they as they were going in and then when they were coming out of, of the events. At the event in Cleveland, I handed a, I handed a guy a flyer or two guys that came out together as they were coming out I said, Here's something to let you know about your other choice for the U.S. Senate. And neither one of them actually looked up at me as as they were walking out, but they took the flyer out of my hand. And And one guy said to the other, he's got to be better than either of those two clowns.
1: <laughs> oh, my Lord. Sometimes that's, that's just what you need. You just need everyone else to be so terrible well,
0: that, that they start and looking at you. <laughs> And that's what I'm getting at. The the Republican will tell everybody why they shouldn't vote for the Democrat. And the Democrat will tell everybody why they shouldn't vote for the Republican. All I need to do is let them know they have another choice. That's that's the message of my campaign. The The Republican has told you why you shouldn't vote for the Democrat. And the Democrat has told you why you shouldn't vote for the Republican. Let me tell you why you should vote for me.
1: And that's the really hypocritical thing I get with a lot of conservatives when we talk about third parties. Because I I live, you know, I I have a lot of friends who are conservatives. Some of them really like the GOP, others of them are more disenfranchised. But we talk about free markets. We talk about how competition is supposed to make things better, how it's good to have choices. But when it comes to our politics, it seems like, you know, that it's the exact opposite.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I said that in 2012 too. I'm the free market solution to to uh, ideological politics. <laughs> the best the best product at the cheapest price. And <laughs> and again the the reason why I do this as an independent is is if I were to run as a libertarian, and I think libertarians have a, have a much better uh, outlook in 2016 than they have in the past because well because the parties have borne out in the last four years what I've been saying since 2010 they don't really give us a choice they just give us the illusion of a choice the um, but when when you identify yourself with a party's ideology the voters have to have to accept the ideology before they can accept the candidate the the my message as an independent, the Constitution protects us all equally. Let's protect the Constitution. The free market, the, the the free market is the best answer. It's really the only answer. The free market always wins no matter how much government tries to get in the way. It's, <laughs> the the uh, extension of depressions and recessions is the result of the free market pressing against government intervention they they could go away a lot faster if government would just stay out of the way
1: preach man anyway but, yeah you want to finish off before but, we go to the commercial
0: but when when an initial goes up next to the name people a, a large portion of of the electorate stops list. list yeah, excuse me stops listening and i think it's important that we get everybody listening
1: you're absolutely right So, Scott, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to get the lightning round going. I'm Remsa W. Martinez, and you're listening to The Remsa Republic. Hang on tight. We'll be back in a minute. Folks, you know me pretty well as of now, and I'm not one to brag, but The Remsa Republic is one of the fastest-growing podcasts online for news and politics. If you want to advertise with us, we'd love to have you. Go ahead. Email us today at Remserrepublic at gmail.com and get some ad space on the show. You know you want to.
0: And everybody know the story of David they can laugh but this is bigger than
1: Trump. This is for the warrior, This is for you and I. This is for you for you. Give me a piece of Are you ready?
0: I sure am. This is when I actually have to answer policy questions. This right? is
1: when you've got to answer, not just <laughs> policy, but, you know, we'll see what's coming your way. For those of you that have never heard of Lightning Round. We're going to give Scott five questions. Each question, he's going to get a minute to answer. If he goes over the clock, he loses. If he wins, he wins absolute bragging rights. And sometimes all we need in life are bragging rights, right? Question number one. In under a minute, tell us, what's your stance on U.S. participation in the United Nations?
0: Go! The Constitution, the 14th Amendment states that the U.S. Treasury shall not, and this isn't, exact words are, are rough for me at times, but the Constitution forbids the U.S. Treasury from funding any organization that's hostile to the Constitution, and the United Nations is. Therefore, I am absolutely opposed to the U.S. being a part of the United Nations and would love to see us withdraw.
1: Are you good for that? Perfect. Question number two. Did Hillary Clinton commit a crime by using a private server to hold classified documents and not reveal it to the FBI? With all due respect, the fact is we had four dead Americans. Was it because of a
0: protest or was it because of guys out for a walk one night who decided they'd go kill some Americans? What difference at this point does it make? I would say that yes, she did, and it certainly has, uh, as as... Donald would say don't worry about it little Marco certainly does show poor judgment on her part than so that she has violated the trust of the people at at more levels than just that the, uh, all the way back to her husband's administrations and I, I understand he's not on the ballot now uh, but they've really kind of sullied the whole the office of president and and Secretary of State and every other every every part of government that they've touched, they've they've taken something away from.
1: Question number three. Is affirmative action racist by nature?
0: you done messed up I would say yes that it is. The to say that anyone, because of their color, is is somehow less capable of, of achieving some level of, of of achieving any position on their own uh that right there is a racist statement. i i don't think that anyone regardless of their skin color is any less qualified to hold any position and i think that most of us are at that place now uh, like so many other things the uh, things tend to work themselves out. It's when governments get involved that uh, that things get kind of silly. And uh, to answer your question, yes.
1: The next question: Do you support a flat tax or a consumption
0: tax? Consumption tax all the way. You'll find it on my website. That uh, uh, the, what a consumption tax. The consumption tax addresses a lot of problems. It it addresses a portion of the problem of illegal illegal immigration because. Everyone who's paying taxes on the on the money that they spend is paying taxes. You can't dodge. You can't dodge taxes if you're paying taxes on the money that you spend rather than the money that you earn. And I don't think that anyone should incur that simply by performing the act of work, which is what the income tax, flat tax, or otherwise is.
1: All right, final question. You're in a crashing plane and you only have two parachutes, one for yourself and the one to give. You can only give it to either Sean Hannity and Bill O'Reilly. Who do you give it to?
0: <laughs> do I have to give either one of them first? <laughs> Is that your answer? <laughs> <laughs> I put one parachute on my back and hold the other one in front of me and jump out of the plane.
1: There you go! Scott, you win this round of the Remso Republic Lightning Round! <laughs> All right, so we are at the end of our show, Scott. If people want to learn more about your campaign and possibly contribute, how can they keep track of you?
0: Uh, ScottRupert.com is the website. Uh, Rupert for Ohio on Twitter, and uh, Rupert for Ohio at uh, I'm sorry, Rupert for Senate on Facebook. Um, As I said earlier, social media is the way that we can make the campaign successful. Personally, I'm not a big fan of social media, and of course I'm working 60 to 70 hours a week. So I don't post nearly as much as I should, but now that we're getting uh, closer to the campaign or closer to the election, I'll be working harder to get people involved. And as I said, in another week or so, I'm going to be starting a, a live stream to start getting people involved that way. Basically, you can Google Rupert for Ohio because anything I set up from this point forward will be will be under the name Rupert for Ohio. Um, I'd love to have your donations if you'd like to help. I don't think it takes millions of dollars to win an election, but it does take some money. Um, you go to ScottRupert.com and make a donation or sign up for emails. And do what you can to help you spread the message. We can change the way politics is done starting in ohio
1: right on man right on well anyway scott thank you so much for coming on the show today
0: i appreciate it remso
1: not a Keep problem up thank her. you sir you too best of luck in november ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for choosing the Remso republic as your podcast of choice for today and once again another thank you to our special guest for calling into the show If you liked what you heard, please go ahead and go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and YouTube, and leave us a review. Let us know what you really thought of the show. And if you really like us, go ahead and subscribe. So every time there's a new episode, it goes straight to your device of choice. As always, I'm Remso W. Martinez. Welcome to the Remso
0: Republic, where you're home. I'll talk to you soon.